The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Support for this show comes from Flatiron Books, publishers of Real Love, the new book from Sharon Salzberg. Learn to connect more deeply and redefine love with this creative toolkit of mindfulness exercises at SharonSalzberg.com. From Spirituality and Health Magazine, this is Essential Conversations. Our guest today is author and journalist Catherine Jacobson Raymond. Her newest book, Crooked, Outwitting the Back Pain Industry and Getting on the Road to Recovery, is based on both meticulous research and her personal quest for relief from chronic back pain. A review of the book appears in the May-June issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. Catherine Raymond, welcome to Essential Conversations. Thank you very much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm happy to have you here. I've got the book in front of me. I read much of it. I didn't finish all of it, but I read much of it. And this book, uh, I have back pain. I always have. I've, I've had problems with my back forever. I spend my life sitting on a very, you know, an $89 chair from Office Depot and it's probably, you're going to tell me, not the best thing to do. Mm-mm. So I want to ask you first, before we get into the whole back pain industry and stuff, how did humans get into this problem in the first place? How does sitting become the enemy of health? Well, you know, I often hear from people, people say to me, well, I know why we have back pain. And I'll say, well, why is that? And they say, well, we were never meant to walk on two feet. And I say, well, now let's just think about that, okay? Um, Have you ever looked closely at how a chimpanzee walks? And they'll say, well, no, not really. And I say, well, basically they list side to side like drunken sailors. That's the gait of a chimpanzee. And there's a little thing called evolution that has occurred in uh, in the course of millions and millions of years. And our bodies are very different than a chimpanzee's. Uh, we have developed gluteal muscles. Chimps do not really have them. They have they have something, but ours are massive swaths of muscles going uh, you know across the backside. We have a whole set of muscles in the thighs that chimps do not have. We are built very differently between the hip and the rib cage. 
much than a chimpanzee. And all in all, our entire physiology is, is extremely different than what you see in any kind of monkey. So, you know, standing on two feet, yeah, that is what we are meant to do. Unfortunately, we are not meant to sit all the time. And that's our li- our lives are very much about that most people's are you know we've we've taken to saying well you know i go to the gym three times a week i get three full hours of exercise and that ought to do it but unfortunately from a physiological perspective that still doesn't do it our our sedentary life lifestyles are really causing us a lot of grief and it's not just back pain problems there are metabolic problems that come along with that i'm of course obesity but also diabetes heart disease you name it And um, we've just, somewhere along the line, it became a very estimable thing to spend hours and hours and hours at your desk, not standing up. I mean, think about it. We say, I had lunch at my desk. Well, you know, what does that mean? That means you are virtuous in the extreme, right? So we lost the notion that it was very important to get up and move very often and not be stuck in a static position. Um, you know how your chair puts you in sort of a 90-90-90 position in terms of the angles of your knees to your hips to your shoulders, etc., to your elbows. And uh, that is a position that most of us understand to be very beneficial. That's That's the goal. Well, that's just plain wrong. That position that we all learn to assume while sitting in a chair, that position was developed to allow typists in the 1940s to slam their hands on the keys for hours and end without becoming entirely exhausted. But it really has nothing to do with what a healthy sitting position is for us. And the reality of that is that the next position is always the best position because we must not sit in a static position with our our, our calves hanging down from our knees uh, for hours and hours without getting up and moving. So we've basically been put in this or sort of primed for the back pain problem by industry, by, yeah. yeah. And I imagine sitting in a classroom does the same thing to you. I think it's where it begins. You know, I I remember being in, even in elementary school, sitting in those chairs that were absolutely right angle and being massively uncomfortable in those chairs and trying to figure out how I could sit so that it would not be uncomfortable. And that usually involved um, placing my low back at sort of a, um, a, a triangle to the back of the chair. So there was the seat, the back, and my back, and that made for a kind of a pyramid shape in there. And that was about the only way I could sit in those chairs. And it really never improved from there. So what do you recommend instead? I mean, walking desks, uh, treadmill desks? Treadmill desks, if if you are quite coordinated, treadmill desks can work, Um, which is not the same, by the way, as a standing desk. A standing desk 
can be trouble because it's no better for you to stand all day than it is for you to sit all day because standing is not motion and obviously sitting is not motion. So um, a treadmill desk in which you're walking for a large part of the day is a great thing, but for me, I tried that. It's impractical for me because I cannot think and walk and type at the same time. I just don't have the coordination. It's as if, you know, I, I think cognitively I'm not, I'm not built for it. And I'm not sure how many people are, although I do know that one of the writers I admire greatly, Susan Orlean, can do it. Uh, but she's also a marathon runner, so I think there's there's probably a lot more coordination going on there than I have. So you're like most of us. I mean, you're a journalist, so a lot of your time is spent at the desk, at the typewriter, <clears throat> at the computer. <laughs> typewriter, boy, dated myself there. Uh, so what do you recommend chair-wise? Well, you know, I, I'm very fortunate in that I work at home or at times, uh, very, at times I work in a, a very small private office, so it doesn't matter what I do. And what I do is not something that's accessible to most people who are working in a, you know, a, a larger office environment. I have this terrific set of triangular pillows, and I pile them up in such a way that I am sort of slightly reclined against them, although my shoulders are supported. My knees are a little bit higher than my hips and my legs are supported and I plop the laptop there and I work on it. And it's really, really easy on the low back. And I don't have any problems doing that. But it would be no good to sit there like that all day. You know, you'd have the same problems uh, basically with uh, metabolic issues that you would have if you're sitting in a chair all day. So I am blessed to have a dog who feels absolutely compelled to get me up about every two and a half to three hours to, to do something, uh, whether it's to eat, to walk, to have a drink of water, to uh, amuse himself in some way. And so I know that I'm not going to sit for hours and hours on end in any position. But for people who can, I truly recommend that um, they find a way to not be sitting on their butts all day long. So first recommendation is get a dog. Get a dog. I can't tell you how many people have told me uh, since, uh, over the course of my research for this book, which um, I was working on Crooked for about seven years. So I had plenty of time to talk to lots of people. And many told me that they had recovered when they got their dogs because they started going out and walking a lot, a lot more. Because you kind of feel mildly foolish out for a walk uh, by yourself. But when you're walking a dog, you have purpose, don't you? So, so my plan is because I have to walk my dog also, but I, I my chair's on wheels, so I just attach the dog to the chair. I just keep sitting there, and she well, you drags keep me that around. up, and you'll be in a wheelchair in no time. So, just, <laughs> you know, all right, no, I'll change. You got to get I'll up change and that. take the dog for a walk. And in addition, you need to be thinking about, um, you know, what is the rest of your what is the rest of your day like? I mean, how much. How much are you planning around getting some exercise? Because to me, it sounds like you're really not, um, you know, that you think maybe there's a way to get away with this. Uh, maybe somebody uh, else could fix you. You could climb on a table of a 
chiropractor or a massage therapist or physical therapist and and that's going to get rid of your back pain. But unfortunately, what I have seen is it isn't. Um, there's really nothing that anyone can do to you that will make your back pain go away for good or even lessen it to a point where it's bearable. Um, it really is all about you. And what I've seen over and over again is that sore backs need exercise, you know, there are exceptions. There are people who've been in car accidents. You know, they've fallen off their bicycles. Yeah. They have sore backs. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who've been sort of walking around with back pain for months or years, you know, decades even, um, and who have not really taken on exercise as a potential solution. Um I was talking to a trainer today who said that she had a new client come in who has been suffering from back pain for about 10 years and who had told her before they met that she was in pretty decent shape. And she took one look at the client who's about 50, 55, and the client was in not in good shape at all, Was had not been exercising, was in fact going to one Pilates class a week. And that will not take care of this. It really won't. So you mentioned chiropractic. And in the book, you are highly critical. That's, that's my, or at least skeptical of chiropractic uh, as a practice. I, I know that I, I've been to chiropractors um, long, long time ago. A friend of mine was a chiropractor. A chiropractor. And, and what threw me was not simply what they were doing, whether it helped or not, I have no idea, but the theory behind it and the claims they often made. I mean, one chiropractor told me that if Hitler had had his spine adjusted, World War II and the Holocaust would never have happened. That seems a lot to claim for fixing a subluxation. So Yeah, especially if they could locate the subluxation, which, you know, no one has ever been able to show on an x-ray or in any other way that there is such a thing. Uh, I mean, there is a medical term, uh, subluxation, but if you have one, you are headed for the emergency room, not the chiropractor. So, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I um, yes, it's true that I, that I am critical uh, of, of traditional, what, what is called straight chiropractors, um, because they, their philosophy is such that, um, there's really no scientific basis for what they do. Uh, they make extraordinary claims lately. They've been calling themselves neurological doctors, which worries me no end, uh, right. both the neurological part and the doctor part. But I will say that, um, there is an entire new breed of chiropractor out there, and these are people who have given up on their traditional practices. Who they've come, they 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 understand that what they have been doing has no basis and it doesn't work. And they have been retrained and sometimes at length, and they've worked very very hard to become back pain rehab specialists, which means that now instead of focusing on adjusting people and putting little vials into your hands and, you know, prescribe and, and ordering all kinds of um, x-rays, now they are focused on exercise routines and getting people back in shape 
so that their pain will abate. And some, many, I think, are really, really good at it. So the only chiropractic that I'm criticizing is the kind that says, um, come back, you know, once or twice a week for a year, please sign this contract here saying that you will do that. And, um, you know, we'll bill your insurance company. And if you don't come back, you know, you're going to experience much more severe damage and you will end up in a wheelchair. And, and that kind of conversation goes on a lot. Um, there's also, uh, types of machines that chiropractors have purchased or released that are supposed to quote unquote decompress the vertebra uh, the the discs sometimes they say vertebral decompression sometimes they say disc decompression but you know what there's zero evidence for those either and um they're yeah, expensive well, it costs people a lot of money a lot of money gets wasted in this yeah. area discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. Well, we're searching for a cure, except for the obvious, which is exercise, which a lot of us just don't want to do. I'm, I'm more like the person you described earlier. I go early in the morning to work out at the gym for an hour to an hour and a half, but then I just sit after that. So mm -hmm. that obviously isn't doing me any good. We only have about five minutes left, and I have at least half an hour worth of questions on my, on my notepad here. So I want to, if you can talk briefly about... Uh, the, the psychotropic uh, aspect of, of pain relief, you, you have a section where you talk about not smoking marijuana, uh, but there, there's what talk of ex, uh, extracting the, the non-psychotropic ingredient in marijuana and using it in pain relief, but the government doesn't allow the studies to go forward. Am I on the right yes, track with well, that? You're, you're pretty much right on track there. Um, so <clears throat> there's definitely a movement afoot. Um, and in California, where I live, it's, it's a very powerful movement um, to prescribe um, CBD oil for pain relief. Um, and it shows up in... Um, quite a few different types of preparations. There's uh, these drops, people, um, it, it can be put in different foodstuffs. Um, and people do find that they get, they get relief from pain. And the thing that's a little iffy about it is that it doesn't really solve anything. That's the problem. If you stop consuming uh, the CBD oil, you'll be back in pain. You're no better. You've just masked it. Now, I think for some people, okay, well, they're, you know, they're very incapacitated. Maybe we're talking about a, a veteran who's in a wheelchair, who doesn't have any options, whose options have been eliminated. Uh, okay. But for the rest of us, well, maybe you might want to use that occasionally. Um, but, 
don't you think it would be better to work your way out of the pain rather than to mask the pain? So, you know, I have some reservations about people turning to that. And, uh, you know, there's a, there may be a big difference between uh, the outcome in terms of opioid prescription or, or medical marijuana prescription. I, we just haven't seen the studies really to show that. We do know that when medical marijuana is legal in a state, the number of opioid prescriptions declines sharply. And that in itself is a good thing. But the end result is kind of the same, which is you have some you have people who are dependent on drugs um, and who are not any better realistically than they were before they started uh, using using uh, medical marijuana for pain relief. So I'm not against it. I really hmm. am not. But I think it doesn't solve the problem. So if there is a solution, it still comes back to moving. It certainly getting, does. Getting it up comes and back to moving. And, and one thing that back pain patients tend to ignore is that you know, they do exercise, but they cheat. They cheat terribly because they do not wish to use the muscles that are bothersome, the parts that hurt. They don't want to use them. So they're extremely good at looking at an exercise and figuring out a way to do something like that, but not use any of the parts of the body that hurt them. And that's not successful. So that's why in Crooked, um, well, I have a number of chapters that address different options for rehabilitation, but one of them is called Back Whisperers. And that's why I say that it's absolutely necessary um, if you have been struggling for, you know, more than a month or a couple of months with this, to find yourself a person uh, maybe it's a, phys a personal trainer, maybe it's a physical therapist, it could be a physiatrist, who, which is a medical specialty, they are MDs who focus on physical medicine and rehabilitation. So when you hear physiatrist, do not think psychiatrist or podiatrist, because it's not the same thing. Find, find somebody with great spine and back expertise, someone who focuses on the musculoskeletal system and get the supervision you need so that you are actually doing the exercises properly. Now, I just want to ask you, when you go to the gym, what do you do there? I start with uh, stretching, then about 10 miles on a stationary bike, and then weightlifting. Mm -hmm. And and uh, stretching, you feel that that is you're doing all that stretching because uh, because I must have read it somewhere that you're supposed to stretch first. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, definitely before you get on a, st a, um, a stationary bike for ten miles, I think it's probably very advisable to stretch. But a lot of back pain patients spend a lot of time stretching and not a lot of time strengthening. So what they get are very they get flexible and weak. And you see that over and over again with back pain patients. They say, well, I'm very, I, you know, I really work out and I'm very flexible. Well, what they're basically doing is stretching out their ligaments so that their bodies do not have the capacity to support them anymore. And if you, uh, in my book, I talk extensively about the work of a biomechanist who, by the name of Stuart McGill. Um, and he made the point that, 
you know, a flexible back is not a strong back because the back was never meant to be flexible. The joints, the hip joints, the other muscles in the body are meant to be flexible. But the spine, no. The spine needs to be strong and steady and stable. So a lot of this stretching, particularly, you see um, women or I suppose men, yes, men too, in yoga classes doing a ton of forward bends. And the only thing that's bending, in fact, is their sacroiliac joints. And um, this is causing those joints to uh, become very, the ligaments around the joints to become very stretched out and for the joints to actually slip. And that can cause a tremendous amount of pain. So um, if you go on my website, which can be found at cjraymond, R-A-M-I-N, cjraymond.com, and you look in the resource section, there's a very, very uh, large set of resources available, all searchable. And you search for the work of Stuart McGill, M-C-G-I-L-L, you'll see the exercises that are really great for stabilizing and strengthening uh, the muscles around the spine so that it's not particular. It's not flexible. It's strong, and it, and it has endure. They have endurance, and they can take what you can dish out, and that's so important. So, um, you know, the free weights that you're that you're doing that that may be very appropriate. You being a guy, you may be lifting too much weight for what your frame can manage. And I haven't seen your frame, and so I do not know. No, I understand that. I'm I'm an old guy, so I don't think I'm I'm overdoing it anymore. That that was a, another period in my that life. That was a phase. Yes. That was that was a phase. Yes. There's a, a part, point in the book where you're having this meeting over fish and chips, and I'm going, oh, yeah, that's what I want, fish and chips. Fish and chips. <laughs> that's that's well, the phase. I'm glad you found something in there that appealed to you. <laughs> that, that's where I'm at. Well, that's where, in that part of the book, that's when I'm meeting with Stuart yeah, McGill, and, right. and he ordered fish and chips. He was, <laughs> it was not a problem for him. He's a man of uh, well into his 60s and looks great and is very strong fellow and you know he gets his fish and chips if he feels like having fish and chips <laughs> well good for him we are gonna have to leave it here uh let me just say to to the listener that this uh the book crooked really is loaded with wisdom about the whole back pain industry but but really about your own back and how to how to deal with that and stuff about chairs and there, there's a lot of material and if you have this issue I strongly recommend this book. So my guest today was Catherine Jacobson Raymond. She's the author of Crooked, Outwitting the Back Pain Industry and Getting on the Road to Recovery. A review of the book appears in the May-June issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. You can follow Catherine's work on her website, as she just said a moment ago, cjraymond.com. Catherine, thank you so much for speaking with us on Essential Conversations. It was my pleasure to do so. Support for this show comes from Flatiron Books, publishers of Real Love, a new book from Sharon Salzberg. Learn to connect more deeply and redefine love with this creative toolkit of mindfulness exercises at SharonSalzberg.com. 
Essential Conversations with Rabbi Rami is a project of Spirituality and Health magazine. Please log in to spiritualityhealth.com to subscribe to the magazine in print or digital formats and download the iTunes app for this podcast. Essential Conversations is produced by Ezra Baker and our program coordinator and executive producer is Alma Tassi. I'm Rabbi Rami. Thanks for listening. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.